guys, it's Fabiola Rivas and welcome to The Fabulous Podcast. My guests today, Charles, Mesa, and I have known each other for 14 years, since high school pretty much. We lost touch for about six years, so technically we know each other for eight, but we've seen each other evolve to the people we are today. And what better person to talk about the past than with the person who was there? What scares you in a relationship? I just do to my family's past, and it, it may be the same for you, but mm-hmm. commitment issues. You know, there's huge, huge commitment issues, especially with marriage, because I saw it destroy two people's lives. So there's a, two completely... Lex and I have two completely different perspectives when it when it comes to that because she has um, a family that is still together, mm-hmm. um, and you know they they had they had that cultivating kind of family environment when they were younger and there was not a I mean every family argues and, and has their issues mm-hmm. but like as far as it goes they have a family dynamic right whereas I saw divorce change my parents in a bad way wow. in a very very bad mm-hmm. way you know my 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 dad was this is I mean, this is one story that that I'll always remember for the rest of my life and kind of what scared me away from it but my dad um, believes in satsang which is like the path of the master so it's like it's kind of like a religion where they study the quran the bible like everything Mm-hmm. and the lives of the messiahs from from all religions and how they lived mm-hmm. and kind of come up with like an inner purpose within that um so he is he's a vegetarian he's a, wow. like he tries to be like a selfless person he tries to be there for people and um and i think he did a really good job of it uh especially when we were younger even though he was so busy all the time um but after the divorce he lost that drive to be a selfless human being and to take care of people and like he tried to be selfless and he tried to take care of people but like there was one day where there was a homeless person that was staying outside of his his uh office um and like normally you know my dad would be the type of guy where he's like do you need a bottle of water and he was like, if you don't get off this property right now, I'm calling the police. Wow. You know, so he, it, it turned him into and And the same thing happened to my mom. It, she was this, you know, very charismatic individual that liked to have a lot of friends, um, it, like ton, like hundreds of people. You know, we'd have dinner parties and the house would be fucking packed mm-hmm. to literally, I don't have an inner circle anymore. I don't trust anyone. And she became this very cynical human being because she's like, everyone is out there to wrong me because that's what happened in the divorce. She was wronged in a lot of ways, you know, so divorce ruined the family dynamic. And that is my reality. I don't look at marriage and people are like, well, it's this wonderful thing where two people come together. It's like, no, it's this very destructive thing that ruins people's lives, you know, Um, and it doesn't matter how right they were for each other. A turn of events happened and whether or not they could have worked it out or not, you, you never know. Like maybe a couple of extra years of counseling could have fixed it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you never really know. But the point is, is that it happened and this is the result. 
And that is my reality. That's interesting because my reality is different. Well, my parents were divorced and it was bad. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, uh, I need to, I need to get this right. So I, I literally dissected both of their, like, where were they both wrong? And where were they both right? right. And yeah, and I swear it's like now I, I knew where the entire flaw of the commitment was, like why they went in. And the reason the divorce happened was it was bound to happen because I think the biggest issue for my my, my parents was right. communication. It wasn't never there. Yeah. So it just made, and so that's why it's just this drive of like, I'm gonna get it right. This so I'm gonna get it right. But of course, it comes with a lot of like learning and all that stuff. Right. I just want to get my relationships. I want to have better relationships than they did. And so yeah. Well, I I I do have that similar mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's just marriage like the m word is just like oh, such really? a, a curse thing at least for me so like the others and i know that one day i'll be able to unpack this and, mm-hmm. and change my perspective on that and i'm working on it right now but one step at a time oh like yeah I'm dealing with, I, i've dealt with relationships and now i can finally have a healthy relationship with somebody um who i'm happy with but it it you know the whole like that is the next step and uh takes a while to unpack so when you were uh, in this fear of commitment mm-hmm. how were you able to get into a relationship like we're just like okay i'm gonna commit to this <laughs> it's 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 trial and error oh really i fucked up so many relationships in the mm-hmm. past with with my commitment issues and not knowing what i wanted and having one foot in the door mm-hmm. at all times um or one foot out of the door i guess mm-hmm. i should say um yeah it, it was just i did it enough times and i was tired of going nowhere and breaking hearts you know uh yeah i i definitely don't want to be the source of somebody's sadness that's the last thing i want to do oh yeah you know? And yeah. maybe, and maybe that's where, because we were talking about it beforehand, like why yeah. I want to fix things all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where that stems from, because mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, it's happened before, and I've seen, you know, I've seen people have great sadness because of something that I did, and uh, it's it's not something that you want to live with. So. Yeah, I know. I feel. I mean, I think that's the reason why I haven't been in a relationship for so long because I wanted to also fix that like <clears throat> commitment for me because even though i wanted to have a better relationship with my parents that fear was there of like having a relationship like theirs and yeah. so it just took like a lot of like a one but i was so i was i was so scared i'm fine now right but i mean i haven't found someone like good that i want to be with yet but that fear was there and i would sabotage the relationship and it was like i mean it was both parties because it's like i would attract the commitment fear guys of course because I had that fear. Right. And so it just... <laughs> it just clashing. But, yeah, it would be like this clashing. Because then I was like, maybe I do want one. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't know. This whole fear. So I was like, I would attract those things. So that's why I'm curious to know what made you want to be in a relationship like this time. Besides like the whole change. Like, were you, were you just like, this is it? Or was it like just something that she did that you're like, you know what? I want her with me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it takes, like, 
a balance of beings. Like, you know who works for you when you meet them. Mm -hmm. And Lex is definitely somebody that doesn't take shit. So if I do something that upsets her, she's going to tell me immediately. She's not going to hold it in. It's not going to become this big thing later on when it's too late to fix. Yeah. Like, she will hold me accountable. And that's something that I haven't had in a lot of past relationships. Most people give me control. Like, they'll, they'll put me in the, you know, in front of the steering wheel and they'll say, okay, drive. You know, like, <laughs> so it, it was just like, if I crash the car or whatever, like, they never held me accountable for anything. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's there's That's... some there's something about that aspect of being held accountable and and having to face that conversation. Um, if I'm ever uh, like not giving the relationship 100, percent so just finding somebody that counteracts your bad qualities like is very 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 important. Yeah, because it's it's just like you actually. That's why one thing I've learned about communication. It's like that direction because. You say you were in the front seat driving, but you didn't have like a GPS or a roadmap, right? <laughs> right. You're like, so am I going the right way? And they're like, yeah. And then when you get there, it's like this whole big thing because I'm like, you're going the wrong way the whole time. Exactly. I mean, we're all trying to figure it out. And it's yeah. like, we can't hold them accountable yeah. because they don't know either, you know? Like, that's the whole reason why they're putting you in the steering wheel in the first place because they think that you know and you don't <laughs> and they don't and you're all just trying to figure it out. So... I guess my advice for people is try and fail. Yeah, That's pretty much. I mean, all relationships are. Because it's, I think to me, it's, yeah, like you said, two different people coming into um, two different perspectives of lives. And so, of course, they're going to be clashing. But I think what's most important is values. Like, if you have those same values, if you have the understanding, then it's, it's just, I think it's going to, it could be a good relationship kind of thing. And it's like, if you're not looking far ahead, I think it's, it's one day at a time. So many people are looking way too like, oh, this is the one I'm going to marry him kind of thing. Right. Whereas like, take it day by day really, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. yeah. and I think it's okay if it doesn't turn into a relationship. I was talking about that with Jen, how sometimes like, you know, when you meet someone, mm -hmm. it could be good, but it doesn't necessarily have to blossom into a relationship. Right. It could just be something like amazing, which I run into that too. I haven't dated in like forever, pretty much. <laughs> but it's just like I meet these incredible guys that it's like I'm not asking for a relationship. I mean, maybe I'm asking for like a friendship, but it's just like they're so amazing and wonderful that I don't want to let them go because they're like incredible human beings. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I want a relationship with them. Right. Right, and I think that's like what people need to understand is like not everything. I know so many people just rush into things and they're just like, "This is it," you know. But it, it comes from, and especially like for for me, mm -hmm. someone who wants to fix things all the time, and like I, I invest too much. Like I have a problem with planning for the future all the fucking time. But you really, really, really shouldn't, right? Yeah, you you have to let things go and and be within the present. Um, yeah, I think that's so yeah. important. Uh, even with goals and stuff, my life has turned into 20 million directions. Right. <laughs> but it's it's like I have these goals. Like I want, I know what I want. It's like I want to produce and I want to have like my company one day. But it's like I'm not in a hurry to get there because 
everything just changes all the time yeah. for me at least it's just one second this one second that well it's like you know Murphy's. it's like filming like you have an idea but you know like 20 things are gonna go wrong so it's, it's i've been in that mode where it's like it's practice uh i thought i was heading this way but i'm going like 20 like i'm doing this and then i'm learning writing and then i'm like doing other things too and so i like it because i love it but i know where i'm still going kind of thing so i don't look way ahead because i know how some people say plan your next five years kind of thing i think that is important but not necessarily like know each step of the way because look at where we're at right now <laughs> yeah well yeah it's like um so one lesson that I learned mm-hmm. from doing parch, mm-hmm. right, that um, I will never do again mm-hmm. is storyboarding, right? So storyboarding is super important. And and I really do like it and I find a lot of value. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scared you there for a second. I still am going to scare you. Uh, so I, I do like storyboarding. Yeah. And it's it's important to plan everything out and write it down so that you can see what's in your head and know that it's possible. And then on the day of when you're filming... Yeah, you change your life one in time. No, no, take that storyboard and throw it in the fucking trash. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Write it all down and mm-hmm. do the storyboard 100% and make sure that it's all mapped out and then throw it away. Yeah. Because that is the only way that you're going to get something that's within the moment. There was so many times when we were filming with Christine and... I was worried about like, are we getting the sound? Is the picture right? Is the performance how I want it and stuff like that? That I wasn't even thinking about all the extra stuff that I could get out of what we were doing, mm. you know? So if everything was good, I said, okay, rapid, Bobby, what's the next shot? And you're like, all right, TUA, let's go. <laughs> you know, so it, like, I should be looking at everything that's going on and then see that Christine, oh, she decided to look in this direction at this thing. All right, what's the next shot? Never mind, fuck that. Let's go film a close-up of whatever she was looking at because maybe that adds something to the story. You know, if she was looking at the picture at this point in time, I want an insert of the picture from this angle, you know? So taking the now into frame, but in order to do that, you can't follow the storyboard. You can plan for the future and, and you can kind of know where your future is going, but throw it away. Throw it away and always be in the now so that you're picking the best scenario for what's actually happening. That's interesting you said because it's like when you have, when you're in a bigger set, yeah. are you going to be able to have that mentality? It's like, yeah, are you going to. I feel like you can have it more on a bigger set. Wow. I mean, well, <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> You're going to give I, AD a heart attack. Yeah, no, no. My, my AD, I, I've already accepted the fact. Look, every director, <laughs> someone on their, their set hates them. It may be their visual effects supervisor. It may be their DP. It may be something. AD is going to be mine. My AD <laughs> is going to fucking hate me always. And that's just a fact. No, it's fine. I think uh, when I was in film school, I worked with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And people were so amazed the the control I was taking because it's like I got to pull. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. So she's like, be like, I'm going to grab you, and we're gonna get like certain shots and not certain. Sure, shots. sure, sure. And yeah. and it's it's all a dance. And like I said, that's why you hire capable people that yeah. are a balance to, yeah. to who you are. But like for instance, uh, David S. Sandberg in, in, in one of his interviews that he did with uh, the Film Riot people, mm-hmm. he was talking about uh, doing Annabelle creation 
And one of the things that he realized is on big sets, when they're prepping stuff, you have so much time in between. Mm, you have way more time than you think you do. So he was like, why the fuck are we storyboarding out all this stuff? And then things are happening and we're like, ah, we can't get that because this is the plan. He's like, fuck that. So he literally stopped storyboarding and was just like, okay, we're doing this now. And then while the setup's going on, they're like, what can we do next? Wow. You know, so they were just figuring it out along the way and be like, okay, so here's the setup. Like, they're all professionals. They know how to set up things. They don't need to draw it out and be like, oh, what do we do? Like, everything needs to be perfect. They know, oh, if I put a light over there, we're going to get some backlight on them. And then if I turn it to 70%, we'll get a, a nice little flare, you know, and, and that's the shot. So you don't need to write it all down. Just figure it out and get the best case scenario out of the now, always. That's pretty incredible. I think that's a great advice. Well, it works for differently for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, Some people need to be meticulous planners. Like, if I gave James that advice and he followed it, he'd fucking kill himself. I'm not joking. He plans, plans, plans. He he has everything written out and everything needs to be exactly some way. And if it diverts from the plan, he freaks out, which is why he needs somebody like me on a set to where it's like, there's chaos that's ensuing now. <laughs> there will always Make be chaos. Work. I love it. <laughs> Uh, actually, when I took like directing, um, yeah, I had that mentality where it's like I need to know everything, yeah. just because when it all goes wrong, I I can automatically have A, B, C, and D planned. So like that's how it's like I need that like. But what if A, B, C, D, and D doesn't work? Then you figure out G. <laughs> <laughs> you figure out G. It's just like I just need to I need to be prepped. So when stuff like that happens, I have a solution to my problem. I have a different mentality. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, you have to have, you have to be able to let things go and just, mm-hmm. and just do. But my goal has always been, especially with my first project, I didn't storyboard. I wrote the script in a week. Uh, I did I did my second draft of it in a day and fixed the things that I didn't like. And then I said, okay, fuck it. We're just going in. I read with the actors. I edited it again with them and basically said, now we're just going to have fun with it. We didn't walk in locations until the day of filming. Wow. Right? So it was just, hey, whose house is available? All right, we're going to go film there. No shot list, no storyboard, no nothing. We went there. We found lights to, to work. Like we used practical lights we found a space that would work and we worked through their lines until we thought it was funny and that was it that was it but doing that is important because and i feel like this is this is the change in between somebody like you who is Mm. an insane prepper and somebody Mm. like me that Mm. relishes in chaos is (laughs) insane preppers are always trying to lift their ceiling Mm-hmm. They're always trying to lift their ceiling to make it so that they their ceiling gets higher every time. Therefore, their potential gets higher every yeah. time. Whereas my goal is I'm raising the floor to the ceiling. So that way, on my bad days, it's as good as my good days. That's interesting. So, it, it you know, my ceiling isn't necessarily getting higher. I mean, it kind of heightens with every project. But my goal is to raise the floor, not the roof. Wow. You know? Um, that's interesting because that's actually like this part of filming mm-hmm. is like the biggest drive for me. like the stress of figuring out when everything goes wrong but you know everything 
is I think like I get a kick out of it. Right. <laughs> like it's like oh I love this part where it's all going to shit, but you like you know the story well enough that you kind of have that. It's yeah. It's like a kick for me. And that's when I like I think a hundred percent I knew in film school I'm like yeah this is for me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the like the, that moment because so many people can't handle that. I know that yeah. so. You did it really well, I feel, because like this, was, I didn't even know about your, like your wallet situation uh, at all. Like you didn't, you didn't even tell me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I know you did, but um, it's just like uh, I think you did it so well. Like I really think you're a good leader because uh, you, you you don't crack under pressure. I probably haven't seen it, but on set, I think the most professional thing is like seeing like the drive because you're the leader of this, right? And like. There's like um so many things going on and like you're just like I gotta lead. I'm not gonna crack in front of everyone. I just gotta lead. I I have always been my best and mm-hmm. I always feel alive mm-hmm. when other people are relying on me. Wow. Yeah. So if I have to do something for me, mm-hmm. never works out. It never works out. Uh, which is why like editing by myself is so difficult. You know, wow. it's, it's a huge process where I'm forcing myself to do it. And it's honestly, it's the hardest part of the filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. But when I have other people that I feel like are like, this better be good. You know, like, <laughs> like we, we came in here and we're giving us our time and effort because we believe in you, but you have to do your part. That is when I thrive. That's interesting. That's when I feel good. Wow. And other people are relying. I love that. Yeah. And I, I honestly... I think I'm really proud that you did this. Like, you did this on your own. I mean, you didn't do it, you know, but you started this on your own, and then you got all these people behind you, and you actually did it. Because so many people, like, don't finish it, one. But then so many people do it because they want recognition. They want, like, the praise. Right. But you do it because you love it, and you poured your, like, heart and soul into it. And it's something... Uh, I want the recognition. You want the recognition too? Oh, okay, that's great. But I feel like that's not everything. I feel like if you don't get it all, like you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least like for you, it's like if the closest people love it, you're going to... But if it's like, if some like nobody that you don't know says, this is garbage, you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, no, I tell them to kiss my ass. (laughs) Um, I I actually, just because, you know, I, I did my little web series pilot danger on language mm-hmm. and Riley, which was mm-hmm. whatever it was yeah. um but uh i i was super excited to work with everybody and that experience mm-hmm. was enough for me i did not care that it was a messy blob of whatever the fuck it was <laughs> you know like um but i just spoke with one of the actors the other day and thank God, I got um, my old neighbor, Eric Palladino, to do mm-hmm. a scene at the end. And he really taught me a lot. Like, just being on set with, like, a working actor mm-hmm. um, taught me so much. And he was kind of, you know, trying trying to take over. And sometimes I would allow him to. And other times I was like, I need to be the director, you know? like And, and it, it gave me, like, a dynamic to where, like, I knew how to fight with people that were trying to take control. And also, I knew when to listen when he was right. Um, but... Uh, I got an actor, <clears throat> Nathan, to do a scene with Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was super stoked to be working with a, a working TV actor. And uh, he just messaged me the other day and said, hey, man, um, I didn't have a reel. So I just took out that scene. And he ended up getting a bunch of callbacks from it. 
Yeah, he didn't book the jobs, unfortunately. But, but, that's but cool. he said he got a callback from my thing. And I was like, that is insane that you would use something that I made in order to be like, yeah, this is what I got. You that's know? Like, crazy. That's it. <laughs> like, that was the best compliment that I could have ever received, you know? Um, so, I mean, if a fan says that it's great or whatever, somebody watching it says that it's great, awesome. But, you know, the fact that I, I worked with this guy and he put so much time and effort into it and he knew that I was putting time and effort and he felt gratitude from something that I made, that's crazy. That's, that's insane. That's really, well, yeah, you're making something incredible, I think, that it's going to be big. I even tell my friends, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I have competition with him because... He's getting bigger, so I'm like, I need a master. <laughs> Competition with him. Yeah. Why? Why? You're working on my stuff too, and I'd gladly help you with yours. I know. No, it's just like I just it's just competition. I like to be competitive. Okay. You're like James, man. James is the exact same way. He always is like, "Well, we're we're enemies," you know. It's just like, James, we've been friends since the fourth grade. He's like, "Yeah, but we're enemies now." You know, like we're going against each other. It's like, dude, we can both be successful. It's just, I feel like competition, like like. The one thing I've learned from like, like working out and stuff is like I I'm secretly competitive, and so it's like I need to have like a healthy competition to drive me. <laughs> it's just how I am. I gotcha. But if like I if if like, I'm like just like a model. But if it's like somebody that like I could totally not compete, I'm like I'm not even gonna try. But it's like. Like, for example, if somebody, like, challenging me to a race, and I'm like, I know I could win, I'm like, bring it on, biatch. Uh, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I, I told, like, Jen and stuff. How I'm like, I'm going to make him my competition. <laughs> I, first of all, mm-hmm. there's never going to be competition. Oh, I know. Me. I know. <laughs> it's in my mind. It's, uh, I, I'm not playing into that ever. <laughs> Um, I feel like your version of competition is way different. Oh, dude, mine. it is. Trust I me. know you it, will. Yeah. You will try to annihilate me. Where I'm that is the exact word I was going to use. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, no. If I'm ever in competition with somebody else, my goal is to absolutely destroy them Glad to the point to where they cannot recover. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> so, That's why my version is different. Where I just like, you know, I'm like, oh, he's doing this. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta start doing something else. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's, <laughs> there's. <laughs> For me, there's no such thing as friendly competition. Oh, there is wow. there is people who I work with and my friends and family, and there are literally my arch enemies, which almost never happen. I almost <laughs> never have arch enemies, right? Yeah. But if you are, I will do everything in my power to make sure that well, you Well, good thing I'm not your enemy, but you're my enemy. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Can't oh, wait. Yeah. All right, so the last and final question that I ask everyone yeah. is, um, let's say you like lost everything. You lost all filming, right? And then you lost like you know, everything, everything, your relationship and all that stuff. Uh, what is one thing that cannot be taken away from you? Like one thing to your core. So uh, this is interesting. Um, I, I live my life. I, I believe that there's three things mm-hmm. that people need in order to make themselves into the person that they want to be or should be Mm -hmm. strength tenacity and respect and that's it even if you're a bad guy you can still have those three things you can have respect for an enemy in fact you should otherwise you'll you'll underestimate them 
Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like morality has always been my big thing and being knowing who I am. So knowing who I am and being a moral individual, doing what is right, not what I want to do. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. All right. I guess we're going to end on that. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for listening in and make sure you rate and comment just so I could get some feedback, share it if somebody needs to hear it. Follow me at Favrivas on IG and message me if you have anything I should share.